Communications or 97.3 The Fan. Sometimes they tell some pretty hefty fish stories, and we don't know if they're true or not. Station. Hello, this is Jace Tingler from the San Diego Padres. This ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. The Padres play here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This program is sponsored and produced by Wilsey Asset Management. Opinions and offers expressed during this program are not those of Intercom Communications or 97.3 The Fan. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brett Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts... Brent and Chase Wilson. Well, good morning and welcome to Smart Investing Show. I'm Brent Wilson and thank you for joining us this morning. Been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for 27 years. Now, if you have investment questions, but you've got to be patient or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 833-288-0973. That's 833-288-0973. 0973 for that unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. We usually take calls around 920, so write that number down and join the show around 920. But uh, right now, let me talk to Chase. And good morning, Chase. How you doing? Good morning. Good to be here. Well, okay, we got to talk about the tech gods are not with us. I mean, we had a difficult situation technology-wise on Thursday with a webinar. Now we have problems with our uh, connection system here. So we're doing the best we can by calling in using a phone. Uh, so the quality may not be what you're used to here on, on the Smart Investing Show, but we want to be here for you. We will always be here for you no matter what happens. We will make it work. So we'll get the webinar working next Thursday. Uh, we got the show working for you. We will be able to take calls, but the quality is a little bit lower. It's because we are using a phone system because the what's it called Conrex? Comrex. Comrex system uh is is not working properly this morning. So technology just not our friend this week, is it? You know, it's been a rough month, you know. Just the uh <laughs> the whole situation, everybody's at home and you know, now we're having issues with the technology side of things. But hey, we're we're still here, we're still making things work yeah. and you know, it's called improvisation, you know, we'll we'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned a long time ago, tough times don't last, but tough people do. We will get through this. And again, what a great time to be talking about investing. What a great day yesterday we had in the market. Yeah, and this is what we keep saying is you know, you have to look at where you will be two to three years from now. And, you know, you could buy here and, oh, gosh, it goes 10% lower even. Oh, my gosh, why did I do that? Well, you know, again, look where you'll be two to three years from now. You're not going to think about saying, oh, it fell 10% and then it bounced back and here we are today. Yeah, I mean, things are just like a great time to be investing, um, but just a kind of a scary time. People are kind of scared about what's going on. So well, let's actually talk about that because one thing I do want to bring up is, is that people are now getting or starting to get their stimulus checks. And with the stimulus checks, I mean, what are they going to do with them? One thing I'm telling people, please do not use that money to go shopping on Amazon. You're not going to help your local community or your city that you live in. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing you point out there too is don't just waste the money. You know, kind of think about it. And we're not telling people go into credit card debt to go support your local businesses. You need to make sure your financial house is in order first. But if you do have a little bit of extra funds, think about your community, as you said. There's so many great local businesses that you can actually go out and help support. 
And the reason this is important, it's not just a nice thing to do for those local business owners you may know, but the other thing is it does help the community. Yes, yes. And could you keep that money in there? What actually happens is that you you, you go there to spend the money. You, you employ a, a waiter, a waitress that's working on the phones to get you the food. Um, and, and actually some great businesses that we found that are actually open in San Diego, not all are open, but uh, we, we've got uh, one of my favorite restaurants is a Yanni's Bar and, and Grill on and Scripps Ranch at uh, – 12015 Scripps uh, Highland Drive in San Diego. Um, also, too, uh, I was surprised on this one, Yogurt Heaven, also in Scripps Ranch, was open as well. Yeah, and another one, too, I know you, you kind of went to Cahoots. It's a pet store, pet and store. We, were, we were blown away by the customer service there, I think you said. Yeah, so. they, I mean, they, they were great. I mean, they, they, they actually gave me to test food. They gave me a, a week free food to test the food, and they were just very friendly, and they were open not that busy, and I said, well, gosh, aren't pets still eating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that I, that I really enjoy uh, is uh, OG's in Carl Mountain. Gosh, I've been going there since I was a kid, I know, and actually went there last night and mm-hmm. had some wings and some pizza, and wow, I always forget how good their food is. <laughs> I know, their food is great. I, I mean, I always forget my, myself, and uh, someday it'll be open again, hopefully pretty soon. Yeah, and I did just want to kind of point out as well, more on the business side of it as well, is we talk about small businesses. The reason that's so important is small businesses actually employ about half the population yep. or half the working force. Yep. That's so important because you lose that small business. They're the ones that are most vulnerable at this time to not get through this if they're not collecting revenue. So they need that help. And all of a sudden, six months from now, they can't afford the bills. You could you could lose your favorite restaurant. You could lose your favorite local supplier. Again, that's why we say right. make sure you're supporting those small local businesses. And not only that, if they go under, then then actually what happens, they can't pay the rent, and it's just a ripple effect. So it's so important in your community when you have money to spend. And, and again, Amazon's a great company, and, and if that, that's something you need there, yes, by all means, use it. But think before you spend because, again, you, we don't want San Diego to go down because of people being laid off permanently, not temporarily, but permanently, and also, too, also you see all these vacancy signs. So very important, if you can, look at spending money here right in San Diego. So uh, the reason why the big jump yesterday in the market, uh, some great news after hours, uh, I believe that was on Thursday it came out, uh, from Gilead. Yeah. And Gilead's been talked about, and I'm not going to try to, I always, I always butcher the name. Yeah, the name is, I don't like drug companies come up with these hard to pronounce names, but it's Remdesivir. 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 Okay, uh, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not saying it's right, but but, but the, the point is that they have a drug that actually the results were very strong. They had a study, and it was just amazing what those numbers came out to be. Yeah, and I did want to talk to you. The, the other thing that excites me about this is this is a current treatment. So this is a current drug. It's not a new vaccine. The, the problem with a new vaccine is you have so much testing you have to go through to find out the side effects. Of course, you don't want to give somebody a vaccine and all of a sudden it kills you. You don't want to do that. That's a terrible vaccine. This is already a treatment that's been an approved drug. So if we can actually use that to treat it on COVID-19, I, I believe it was used to treat SARS and perhaps something else. I even want to say something like Ebola or Zika. So they use right. this to actually treat other um, viruses. Now if they could apply this treatment again to COVID-19, it could be a much faster process because you don't have the, the downside of, oh, how dangerous is this drug? Yeah, and actually they did a study, on, on a human study on 125 patients with a virus, of which 113 were severely ill. Uh, and this was according to the University of Chicago. Uh, the best news is the most of the patients 
uh, have already been discharged. I mean, so they're recovering at a very good rate, and, and, and within a week, I think it was. Yeah, it was within a week, and the, the reason this is so important is I, I think there was two that, that unfortunately did pass away, mm-hmm. but you have to look at, this was 113 severe cases, so it's not like, oh, the death rate is still over 2%. This was worst case scenario with the severity of those patients. If you applied that to you know all the other people, I think you would see, again, a much lower death rate if this is an effective treatment. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is they, they took the worst of the worst they could to say, okay, let's give the worst case scenario here, use the worst cases, and to have that type of turnout. I mean, it's a two uh, death less rate. Than 2%, less than 2%. Less than 2%. It, it, it's, it's very good. So that's why the market moved because, again, we're, we're looking at getting treatments for this. We've talked about this. and uh, Last week we talked about about how there's like 60 drug companies looking at treatments. Gilead, one of them, 40 looking for a cure for the virus. There's also ones trying to look for drugs to prevent getting the, the virus. So everyone is working on this. And, and I know I talked to somebody actually last night. Some people are so scared. It's like they don't think anything's going to happen. They don't realize about the billions and billions of dollars being put into this. And on the other side, the government putting in trillions of trillions of dollars to keep things going. We are going to be okay. As I said in the beginning of the show, we're going through a tough time. Uh, but we will get through it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I completely agree. And you know, it, it's it's something that's very important that we get through because you know we need the economy to come back online. And and you know, people have kind of given us a little bit of flack, saying, "Oh, you, you don't care about you know the people passing." And that is not what we were saying. I, I want to be very clear here: is we need to have a plan to reopen the economy. And it's not going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to go to a baseball game next Saturday. That's not going to be what happens. Right. There has to be some way to bring these businesses back online. Because as I said, if we do not, you are talking about a severe depression. That's what's going to happen if we close down the country for another six months. Yeah, and, and people don't realize with a severe depression, you would actually lose probably more people, I believe, than you will from the virus itself. So I mean, you, you've got to come with this balance. And that's the thing is, you can't have all of this or all of that. You've got to have a balance. And what we need to do is reopen the economy. But yes, you need to do the right thing. You still need to wash your hands. You still need to do social distancing. You need to be careful uh, of what you're doing. But we can reopen the economy, get business back on track, but you've got to do it the right way. And I like the plan. I don't know if you remember the plan that uh, President Trump came out with before, but that was a pretty good plan. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you know, the thing that the treatment does is I think it can accelerate that right. plan. Right. You know, I, and I'm not sure uh, we're live on air here, but are, are we getting the com- yeah. fixed here? Okay, so you know what? Kind of bear with us for a minute as we, we change gears here to uh, uh, go get off the phone and, and get on the system. So I, I have no idea how the sound is right now, but we're, we're going to improve this <laughs> sound here. And I believe uh, I'm online now. Okay. So I, I think I'm on, so I think we're going to change over from the phone here. All right. Well, that's right. Uh, good news here. Right, I think so the sound should be improved. All right. So, I, I, Dave, okay if I hang up the phone here? Give me some signal. Yes. Okay. All right. So now we're at the phone line. So hopefully we have good sound. We're back in order. And look at that. We did that in 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. Okay. We, we, we got through there. All right. So uh, so we, we're, we're talking about Gilead and, and, and uh, how we're going to get through this and the, and the government. So it is a scary time. Uh, be patient, and I do say this is a great time to be investing because we will get through this, and we're just seeing the things. And again, Gilead, what a great response that Gilead came up with a treatment uh, here to actually, uh, you know, make make things better. And that's not that that's not the end. There's there's going to be more as well. So oh, you, I mean, you talk about the the vaccines coming online as well. I mean, there's so many, and we talked about this last week, but there's so many companies out there that are actually 
you know, spending that R&D to solve this. And gosh, I, I, I think it was a Sanofi and a GSK, GlaxoSmithKline, they actually entered in a partnership. Sanofi was saying they could create about, if their vaccine is improved, I think it was 600 million right. doses next year. Yep, yep. And one thing I forgot to mention that we have to, I was on a national TV show yesterday talking about this, and they weren't an investment show, but I still talked about it. Do not think this is a time to buy Gilead. And I, the reason why I say that is, yes, their stock is up because of this, but this is not what they call a billion-dollar drug where they found a cure for cancer. And this is very important. I don't want to tell Blay that they have a treatment here, but you got to look at the investment side. There's going to be very little revenue and probably no profit off this at all. I mean, they, they cannot come up with, oh, well, let's sell this drug for $1,000 uh, uh, a shot or whatever. They can't do that. Yeah, and, and the thing you look at is the backlash they would get. And, and they'll, they'll get yeah. something from the federal government if it does work to help with the acceleration of uh, probably expanding the supply of the treatment. Yeah. But the thing is, it, it's not going to be a thing that you look five years from now, a sustainable income stream. That, that's not going to be there five years from now. And it could get, again, a short-term bump in the stock price, but it's not going to really pay off in the long term, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you totally on that because it's, it's just – and I just don't want people getting the drug and, and, and that, the stock. That was, what, $83? I think it closed out on Friday. Uh, there is not, in my opinion, much more room on that because great thing they're doing if this treatment works – uh, which it appears to be, but I don't think we're going to see the stock bumping another 20%, 30%. I mean, it, it could top out around the uh, 80s. So, All right, speaking about uh, stocks, uh, we've talked about this for a while. We've been uh, not against uh, Apple. I mean, we, you know, Apple's always been a great company and so forth. We, we've actually held it, made a lot of money off of Apple, but we did sell it because we thought it was overvalued. Well, yesterday, Goldman Sachs cut their target price uh, to a sell, and it's very rare for a company to put a sell on any company. But Goldman Sachs, they slapped a sell on Apple, bringing it down to a target sell price of two thirty-three, which is about fifty dollars below where it is currently. Yeah, and uh, I mean the thing that we look at with Apple is, you know, a great company. I mean, I have an iPhone, I have the Apple Watch, I'm on a MacBook right now. I mean, I, I love the Apple products. And, oh, I do too. You know, it, it's a great company. And, and the thing that I, I keep telling people is there's a huge difference between a great company and a great stock. Yep. You can have both. And most of the time, great stocks are great companies. You don't want to have a, a great stock that's a terrible company. That doesn't exist. But a company can have a great business but an overpriced stock. Yep. And that's why we talk about companies like Amazon and now Apple. I mean, Apple was a tremendous value company for, gosh, about seven, maybe even ten years where there was just great opportunity from a value perspective. But now it's, it's gotten expensive based off those valuation ratios. And, and the thing, too, is that we're not against Apple. Uh, we, we like Apple, as you just said. But you've got to look at what you pay for a business. And and this doesn't mean that Apple will not go higher. It's a possibility because of momentum behind it. Uh, I, I, I watch CNBC a lot. I was watching uh, these commentators talk about it, coming up with all these reasons of why Apple's going to do great and so forth. And I'm, I'm thinking, all right, you're justifying the price to get there. And this is where investors get burned because you just keep coming up with the reasons why it's going to do well. And when it doesn't do well, then like, oh, you know, it's the stock's fault. Well, no, you, you've got to look at what you're paying for something and, and not just buy it just because you like it because they've got, what, $200 billion of cash or you like the iPhone. You've got to look because these are businesses. Businesses trade on valuations based on their earnings, their sales, their book value, their cash flow. These are very important things to look at. Does not mean you'll be right today or tomorrow, but you will be right long term, and that will help you 
with your performance of your portfolio over the long term. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, that's a, the reason that it kind of looked at it was saying that sales, they expect to actually not meet expectations going forward. I mean, you kind of have these high expectations from a lot of people, as you said, the, the talking heads that are trying to justify the growth rates for Apple and the business and so forth. I, I just don't see – and they do have other products now too, I guess. is you know People say, oh, my gosh, well, they have the Apple Watch. They have the service revenue. They have this and that, and that's what's going to carry them forward. That is still a small base when the iPhones make up more than half their sales. To have a acceleration of, let's say, 10 15% in sales, you need a huge growth rate on the other aspects of the business. And the iPhone, if the sales decline, that could actually weigh down the entire growth rate of the business. That's what concerns me. I don't see how we get iPhone growth of you know, 10 15% over the next several years. And the other thing, too, is, is that the, the profit margin, I can't remember what they are. They're very high in an iPhone. I, I think, I want to say they were like 25 30%, a very high profit margin. I don't know what the profit margin is on the watch or on the uh, AirPods. Is that what it's called, AirPods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, AirPods. Um, and even so, the AirPods are, what, 300 350 Even if you have a 20% profit margin on that, that's a whole lot less money than a 20% profit margin on a, what's the iPhone Go for now, wasn't it? Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. So, you, you know, so that's the thing I look at too is that you do have these great products to help sustain, but the big question comes mm-hmm. into as an investor, is it worth the valuations, worth what you're paying for those earnings, sales, and cash flow? I, I just don't believe it is. Yeah, and it, it is funny too because we we get hot and cold on Apple, I guess is what I'll say. And the reason we do is because the stock price moves, right. and we actually. I think I can say this because I'm not going to say the exact prices, but a couple of years ago we sold Apple, mm-hmm. and we talked about why we sold it. Then we bought it back, and we had a couple of phone calls of clients asking, well, why did you buy it back? I thought you didn't like Apple. No, we didn't like Apple at that price. Right. That's a very big distinguish, uh, distinguishing factor that a lot of people don't realize is you have to look at the value of the company, and the value is derived from the aspects of the business combined with the stock price. You know, it's so funny because investing in equities or stocks, and we like to call them equities because uh, stocks have the bad name, is that's the only thing that people spend their money on, that they get more excited about paying more for it than buying it on sale. And, and, and they don't look at what they pay for something. Anything else people buy, a car, you go grocery shopping, clothes shopping, you always look and try to get the best price. With stocks, equities, people don't do that. No. Oh, but it's Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And again, short term, we can be wrong for a while. Short term, it could be like a year or two. Yeah. Uh, But we look at investing money for uh, 10, 20, 30 years. You know, it is kind of funny. It's an interesting way to think about that is can you imagine? Okay, so Amazon's up 30% year to date, right? right? Everything else is on sale. You go on to the car lot, say, hey, I got this car for you that we improved the price or increased the price by 30%. You want that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. And it doesn't essentially work that way, of course, because cars are a depreciating asset. Well, yep. Amazon, uh, not the stock price in my opinion, but the business will still grow over time. But it is kind of funny to put that in perspective. Yep, yep. So, all right, well, let's open the phone lines. Uh, you want to call in. you got a question on a stock that you hold, or buying, selling, or holding. Uh, the hotline is 833 833- Two eight eight zero nine seven three eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three and and great news for you because of the technical difficulties that we had with the webinar on Thursday it's been postponed to this Thursday, uh, April twenty third. Now we have four times set up, four o'clock, 
5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and just like we were just talking about Apple Computer, what to kind of look at. These are things we go over in the, the webinar. We talk about what to look at. We show you all the valuation ratios, the growth rates, the profitability. Uh, Chase goes over the financial statements. We also show what you should not be investing into and why you're doing it. Uh, so people have, have come to our workshops, and this is the first time I'm doing a webinar, uh, but I've been doing they, this for, gosh, uh, I guess 20 years I've been doing the workshops for live. Uh, and people always say, wow, I learned so much of this. So you will learn a lot at our next webinar. We promise, well, we have to get it up this time. I, Technical-wise, uh, I don't know what happened, but we'll get it fixed. Uh, but what you got to do, you got to sign up. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. Uh, sign up. It is free, by the way. It lasts about an hour, I think, is about how long uh, we're going to go for. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I think it's about an hour, hour and a half, I, I believe, so somewhere in that time frame. Yep, yep. So, okay, when you call in, remember that you have to give the symbol of the company that you're calling for uh, because it makes it easier for us to look it up. Again, phone number is 833-288-0973. Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Vegetable, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, the stock I'm calling about is Phillips 66 in the refining space. Okay. Um, it, was a, it was a stock that uh, Buffett had, hold, had held, but um, he recently sold out of it. But to me, the valuation still looked fairly good on it. I didn't see he sold out of it. He, he's not released his 10... Uh, as yeah, SEC filings at the what is that? Did he release not the 10Q. It's, it's not the 10Q, the, um, something F. 13 F. 13 F. He didn't. I don't think he released the 13 F yet. Uh, John, where did you see that he sold it? Uh, it was in in Kiplinger yesterday in the in the magazine. Hmm. I wonder how they would know that. Well, okay. Well, uh, I'm not sure why yeah. he sold it. And actually, he has been moving things around a little bit. Somebody said, "Oh, you know, he's he's selling to raise money, and he's gonna." It's like, no, he's not selling to raise money. He's just re like the airlines. He sold some airlines because now with the drop, he became too big of a holder of the airline. So that was one thing <clears throat> why he did that. So, but mm -hmm. uh, let's take a look. To, so you're looking to buy him, Philip sixty six? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, looking at it, you know, I I, I own Valero and. Um, Although Valero's, you know, taking a taking a pretty good hit during this this um, time, but Phillips has a uh, Phillips has a good dividend, and I I think it's really uh, undervalued right now. All right, well, let's take a look at Phillips sixty six. Their symbol is PSX. Uh, good start here. PE ratio eight point seven versus forty nine. I say good start because they actually have earnings. That's a big positive for energy companies. Uh, price of sales point two four versus point eight. That is good. Price to book value, 1.3 versus 0.6. And price to cash flow, 5.5 versus 2. So that's looking pretty good. They do have a nice dividend of 6.1%. They only use 50% of their earnings to pay that out. We do see that sales year over year were down 3.4%. Industry down 3%. Earnings per share for Phillips 66 did decline by 43%, but the industry was down 91. That's a big positive that they're not hurting their earnings as much as the industry. Balance sheets, you got a current ratio of 1.2, same as the industry, but debt to equity for Phillips 66, 47, below the industry at 66. So I'd like to see, especially now, a nice, strong balance sheet, which Phillips 66 does have. We do see uh, return on equity is 12.3, I'm sorry, 12.6 versus 1.1. That's positive. Net profit margin, 3.2 versus 1.6. Receivable turnover is 14.6 versus 6.4. 
and inventory turnover 26 versus 10. So I'm looking pretty good on this side. Chase, what do you got on earnings going forward? Yeah, so current price here for Philip 66, $59.53. Uh, of course, off that 52-week high of $119.92 and 52-week low is $40.04. I look out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $7.75. That would give us a target sell price of $125.55. So I like to see that. And, of course, John, this year's earnings are <laughs> estimated to be right. a much lower at uh, $5.54. Of course, with people not driving, not flying, and they're, they're not going to use those refined products. But when we get that bounce back, and I do believe that will happen next year, uh, I even think at the end of this year, but I think you'll see a major bounce back next year and companies will be back in business if we can get through this. I think this could be a, a fantastic company that you get on sale. Right. And, and again, that's why you want that strong balance sheet to get you through this time frame. I'm, I'm still confused on why Kiplinger would say that he sold. I, I don't know what they would have to actually have that information. And, and maybe he sold <coughs> a little bit of it last quarter, perhaps, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that, that, that was based off his old 13F because... What is it? The third. I mean, I guess the the quarter just did just end three thirty one. So maybe it is out. Yeah, yeah. This is what the eighteen. So yeah, maybe maybe it is out. They got you know all, got all, all this all this time is just blending together. I don't even know what day it is, what <laughs> month it is. It, it's just it's crazy. So yeah. um, you know, maybe his thirteen F was released. Yeah, I don't think we've done our thirteen F yet. Have we? I don't believe so. <laughs> okay, well we're behind the time. So yeah. Yet, so. <laughs> okay. Well, John, does that help you out? Yeah, sure does, guys. Thanks. Right. Thanks as usual. All right. Thanks, Colin. Have a good one. Bye bye. All right, that does open up the phone line, 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Let's go out to Normal Heights and speak with Mike. Mike, you're on the Smart Vegetable, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, I've been looking at uh, this company called Lyondell Basil Industries. It's a chemical plastics company out of Houston. And it looks like it's on sale. I've been watching it for the uh, past few months. I think might be now's the time. The symbol is L-Y-B. You, you know, Mike, you, you, you may be onto something here because a chemical com company uses petroleum many times for their products. So they're, with oil being so low, right. their, their, their costs are much lower. So let's take a look at the Lydell Basil Industries NV symbol, L-Y-B. Great start here, Mike. The P.E. ratio, 5.4 <clears throat> versus 19.6 for the industry. Price to sales, 0.5 versus 1.3. Price to uh, book value, 3.3. The industry, not material, so another positive for this company. And then price to cash flow, 3.7 versus 15.8. And wow, very nice dividend, 8% dividend yield. And they only use 43% of their earnings to pay that out. Now, do keep in mind that's over the last 12 months, that could rise going forward. But if they've got good cash flow and good cash on the balance sheet, that dividend may be a strong one that they do not have to cut. Unfortunately, look at the sales growth year over year. Last 12 months, down 11%. Industry down 2.9. Earnings per share for the Lydell fell by 20%. But the industry was down 90%. So they are losing sales and earnings, but not quite as bad as the industry. The balance sheet, oh, unfortunately, this is not good uh, here, Mike. Uh, the, PE, uh, the current ratio is one8 that is better than the industry at 1.4. What I do not like seeing, debt to equity 150 versus 42. So this could be a problem if they have a lot of debt in the balance sheet. They may have to start cutting things if they're not making the sales. Return on equity is very good, 37 versus 3.6.
Net profit margin checks in at 9.8. That is better than the industry at 6.7. And receivable turnovers, 10.5 versus 3. And inventory turnover, 6.4. That does beat the industry at 2.1. Chase, what about the earnings going forward? Yeah, well, current price here for uh, Lionel Basil Industries is $52.19. Uh, of course, off that 52-week high of $98.91. Above that 52-week low, though, as well, of $33.71. Now, again, I look out to December 2021. I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $8. That gives a nice target sell price of $129.60. So I like the value you're getting for the company. But, again, the, the balance sheet does not sound like where I would want it to be at this time. Yeah, that, that'd be my concern is that, and we are very optimistic. We think things will turn around. There's a lot of money going in the economy, trillions of dollars. So we think we will be looking pretty good in the, in the next, oh, probably three, four months here. But if we are wrong, you want to make sure that you have a company that can weather the storm. And this one with that debt, that could be a problem for them. Yeah, also curious where their chemicals are used and what products oh. and how is that being impacted. Great thought there. All right, Mike, does that help you out? It sure does. And by the way, Brent's microphone is uh, a lot less than yours. So oh. you guys might tweak that. All right. Okay, I don't, I don't know how to tweak that. So if uh, – Rochelle was in here, then maybe she could maybe help us out. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, thank, thank you for telling me that. I appreciate that. Oh, actually, she's working on it right now, she said. Okay, okay perfect. <laughs> All right. All right, that does open up the phone line 1 800. Uh, I'm sorry, 833 288 Again, that's 833 288 Let's go out to Oceanside and speak with Vicki. Vicki, you're on the Smart Best Show, Brent and Chase. How can we help you out? Hey, Brent and Chase, your microphone is much better now. She did a good job. Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to tell you, too, I'm looking forward to your webinar <clears throat> this week, and I talked to a friend of mine who is a tends to be a day trader into signing up, so I'm hoping that you will swing him to the value side of trading. <laughs> well, we hope we can do that for him. We actually have a couple of slides in there about trading, so hopefully <laughs> he enjoys those. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about McGrath RentCore, M-G-R-C. Do you hold that or looking to buy that? I'm trying to find something to buy. <laughs> okay. Well, there, there are some good things out there, but you've got to be careful. So we're going to take a look at the McGrath. Rent Corp, symbols MGRC. Um, not a great start here. I mean, the PE ratio is 13.2. That's just about the same as the ownership, 13. We do see price of sales are expensive, 2.2 versus 1. Price to book value, 2.1. That's above the industry at 0.78. And we also see price to cash flow is 6.8. That's far better than the industry at 43.5. Uh, we do say they pay a dividend of 3.3%, using 38% of their, industry, uh, their earnings to pay that out. Uh, we do see sales year-over-year up 14.4%. That's pretty good, but the industry was up 20%, and these are for numbers ending December 31st, 2019. We should be getting probably next week or two numbers for ending March 31st, which will start to be pretty interesting for a lot of companies. Uh, we do see earnings per share for McGrath were up 21.5% uh, when the industry was down. 32%. Looking at the balance sheet, you got no current ratio versus 0.56. I'm just wondering if this company kind of qualifies as a financial company. Chase might be looking at it now because if it is, their balance sheet is a lot different than a, a normal company being a financial company. Uh, debt to equity, very good, 46 versus 264. Uh, we also see that return on equity is 16 versus 5.4. 
Net profit margin 17. That's well above the initiative uh, eight times. And we do see that receivable is 4.5 below the answer 8.2 and no inventory turnover. Chase, what about the earnings? No, I did want to take a look at this company because it's, it's one I haven't really been Never too familiar it. with. Yeah. Um, it is a business business rental company. So oftentimes when it, it, it is renting its products, it does have an impact on the financing, which impacts mm -hmm. the balance sheet. So that could be a, a likely impact as to why the current ratio isn't there and, and why the debt to equity might look a little strange as well. Um, so again, it, it seems like they do portable storage, uh, they do electronic test equipment segment, um, and then non-hazardous liquids and solids. I mean, they, they kind of do, a, again, that business-to-business -business service, which is a, a unique company. I, I, I'm not too familiar with others that, that do that type of business, so it, it could be a nice little pocket there. But a current price for it is $51.73, 52-week high is $83.95, and then that 52-week low, $44.32. If I go out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $4.04. Supplier is 16.2. Multiple that, we get a target sell price of $65.45. So that does look intriguing. There's definitely a lot more research due to that, that confusion over the balance sheet, I would have to say. Yeah, and I kind of thought it was some type of financial company when I saw the rent uh, there. I figured it kind of was. So that's, that's uh, uh, important to see that. So, um, all right, does it make sense for you there? It does. Thanks so much. Okay. Well, thank you for calling, and, and uh, we look forward to, quote-unquote, seeing you on Thursday at the webinar. <laughs> All righty, Vicki. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. That does open the phone line, 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. And, Chase, we've got a lot, of, a lot of calls coming in, but we also do take uh, emails from people. And, and uh, we got an email this past week uh, from, uh, was it uh, Jim here, I think it was. Yeah, Jim. And uh, he actually has a question. So let me do that for him. I'm trying to do two things at once here. Uh, he actually says, uh, hi, Brent Chase. I'm so happy to hear you on your new station. Listening to your measured and common sense approach was a Saturday tradition for longer than I would like to admit. Since I cannot hold on the phone for very long, I wonder if you could take a look at JetBlue for me. Their symbol is J T uh, J B uh, what is it J B L U. Uh, the airlines are a minefield right now, which that is true. But I am hoping JetBlue can get over the shock and prosper in the coming months and years. I own some shares, bought at seven. Uh, Jim in San Diego, thank you. So, and by the way, we actually do take emails like this. If you go to our website, SmartInvesting2000.com, again, that's SmartInvesting2000.com, you can send us an email because we know some people, they just don't want to go on air. So we do take the emails. We try to sneak them in between the phone calls. Uh, so, again, SmartInvesting2000.com, just go to the Contact Us section. Send us an email like Jim did, and we'll look at that. So we're going to take a look at JetBlue Airways Corporation. Their symbol is JBLU. Uh, looking at the P.E. ratio, 4.7. That is above the industry at 3.7. Price to sales, 0.3, same as the industry. Price to book value, wow, 0.52 versus 2.37. And what that means is you're paying 52 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets. Now, Tangible assets are like the planes, the buildings, the cars, everything they own that's tangible that you can touch. And then price of cash flow is 2.2. That is above the industry at 1.8. JetBlue does not pay a dividend, so no yield there. 
their sales. And these are through December 31st. We're probably hearing, I think, in another few weeks here what their actual numbers were here. They're not going to be very good, I don't believe. But prior to that, prior to December 31st, they were up 5.7%, beating the industry of 4.2%. Earnings per share rose for them 272%. Industry was up 32%. Look at the balance sheet. They had a current ratio of 0.7%. And that always looks a little bit low because remember when an airline sells a ticket, that becomes a liability. So therefore it hurts the current ratio. And then actually total debt to equity is 48.6, well below the initial 104. And I think JetBlue is one of the better airlines or with the stronger balance sheet with less debt. I think the only one might be uh, Southwest Airlines. And then now we have a net profit margin of seven, about the same as the initial 7.6. Receivable turnover, that is 36 versus 22. Inventory turnover, 30 versus 15. Chase, what about the earnings going forward? Well, can't wait to hear what we see on that one. <laughs> well, current price here for JetBlue is $8.98. 52-week high, $21.65. Of course, well off that with nobody flying, or I guess I should say very few people flying, almost no one. And then the 52-week low, $6.61. Now, if I go out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $1.56. That would give us a target sell price of $25.00 and 27 cents so i do like this industry a lot for the right companies i will point out that the spread between the analysts is huge the top estimate is two dollars and fifty cents and the bottom estimate is eighty cents and then also for this year they're estimated to lose money not a shocker there again with not many people flying but if we can get these treatments resolved we can get people back into the economy i don't think it's i was talking to our financial planner yesterday i don't think this is like 9 11 where people are going to be scared to fly if you're not, if you're scared to go out in public, you're, then you're not going to fly. But if you're ready to go back out in public, yeah, you're going to fly. It's not like you're. It's a specific industry that's going to freak people out. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I think you will see airlines rebound very, very nicely, uh, especially with some of the aid that they have received as well. And I do remember uh, a conversation we had many months ago about millennials and how they're not so much into owning a home or or, or assets. They like to travel and go to restaurants and service. And, and if that's still the case, they're still going on travel. I talked to a lot of people like, yeah, I can't wait to travel again. So the airlines are a great place, I think, to invest. And we compare this to a, an Amazon. Amazon, you know, much better shape right now. But if you're an investor, you want to look at not where you'll be next week or even next month, but where you'll be 12, 24 months from now. I mean, and again, we will get through the situation. We are going to go back to flying. We're going to go back to what we, we've done before. And this is the time when it really hurts to buy a company like a JetBlue, but these are the ones where you're going to make some very good profits. And that's why we're looking at December 2021, which is about, what, a year and a half away. But that's why this is when you buy a company like this. And we've seen this happen over and over and over again. People say, oh, I wish I would have bought this back then. Now's your chance, but you've got to make sure you're buying companies with a strong balance sheet. And also, too, you know what you're doing and you watch that company because things can change. Yeah, and I, I do want to point out, I mean, you could buy it again. I said it's about $9 share. You could buy it at 9 could go back down to 8 Yeah. But maybe in two years, I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but I think it very well could happen, is then it's at 18 in two years. Yeah. Wow. That's 100% profit in two years. Not, not very many places you can do that. And, again, I, I can't promise that that's going to happen. That's illegal. But right, right. I, I do believe that there are great opportunities in this airline industry to have – those type of returns. And I will say the potential is there to have that, that stock double. And I have to compare that to an Amazon. I'm pretty confident in two years that stock will not be at, what, $4,500 a share. 
I, I'm, I'm pretty safe, I think, saying that. But you could have the potential here. And this is value investing. You look for the value, and there are some good values out there. So, uh, so Jim, I hope that helps you out, and, and uh, it looks pretty good. And, and we would put it on the, on, on the buy list and say, yes, uh, we, we like that company. I did want to point out, sure. uh, we talked about you know Southwest. Um, you know Delta, I believe, is actually another one that's got a pretty good balance sheet. But the problem with them is they filed bankruptcy. They had to do what's known as fresh start accounting, which really kind of – convolutes their assets mm. and their liabilities so they don't have any tangible book value that's one reason we didn't like the delta but um you know i would look at airlines like the jet blues the deltas the southwest and the void we look at Amer we looked at american airlines i think last week the week before yeah. that one has a lot of debt you have to understand the balance yeah. sheets because even with the aid from the, the federal government could help them do this but in two years they got to repay some of that aid then they have to repay their other debts that's when they could actually have some problems and also, too, just because a company filed bankruptcy once doesn't mean they can't do it again. I mean, there's two companies come to mind right away, True, True Religion, the genes, gene company. They're filing bankruptcy again. They just filed a few years ago. And what that means, all the shareholders lose all their money. Another one, too, this is from years ago. Um, it was a spinoff from Qualcomm. It's called Leap Wireless. They filed uh, – I can't remember the real name of the company. Is it Cricket? Cricket. Was, yeah. yeah, Cricket. Uh, they filed bankruptcy twice. And I remember – it wasn't too long after they did this major offering they filed. So w we talk very seriously about look at that balance sheet, and it, it doesn't help on the week-to-week -week changes, but gosh, it can keep you out of hot water. So that's what you, you actually have to look at. So, All right, so let's go back to the phones. Uh, again, phone number is 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Listen out to Alpine and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Investor, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, guys. This is a different Jim. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was curious about that. Is he double dipping? Double dipping there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> well, Marathon Petroleum. As long as we're talking about Phillips 66 earlier, I think they're uh, somewhat competitors, and uh, I'm interested in them, please. And, and what's the symbol on them? MPC. Your guy didn't tell you MPC, Marathon yeah. Petroleum Corporation. Yep, MPC. I, I, we we, uh, we got it in there wrong, but there it is. Okay, so, and, and Jim, you hold that, you said, or are you looking to buy it? I, I'm trying to bottom this year. I've got call options on it that mature in about a year and a half. Okay, okay, well, and, and I always tell people, be careful about bottom fishing because, again, you may not get the absolute bottom price, but just think of where you'll be, you know, 12, 18 months from now. So you may Oh, that's, why, that's why I bought options that expire in January of 22. Oh, okay, so you're, you're kind of like hold it that, that way then. So, all right. Well, I'm well, just let's trying to ensure the $15 price, you know. Okay, all right. Well, let's take a look at the, the Marathon Petroleum Corporation, symbol MPC. Uh, good start here, P.E. ratio 6.4 versus 49.68. We do see price of sales 0.1 versus 0.8. That's a big positive. Uh, price of tangible book, book value 1.2. That is above the initial 0.6. That's not a positive. And then price of cash flow 2.4 versus 2. Now they do pay a 9% dividend and only use 53% of their earnings to pay that out, depending on their cash flow and how much cash they have in the balance sheet. That could be saved or it could be cut. You'll have to watch that closely. Uh, we do see sales are up 28.3% year-over-year. And again, i got to point out, these are for numbers ending December 31st, 2019. But during that time frame, the industry was down 3. Earnings per share for Marathon did fall by 25% year-over-year, but the whole industry is down 91%. So they beat the industry, but still their earnings fell. 
Looking at their balance sheet, they got a current ratio of 1.3. That's slightly a bit better than the industry at 1.2. Uh, total debt to equity is 86 versus 66. So I'm, I'm okay with that debt level. It is worse than the industry, but it's not too bad. Uh, we do see return on equity is 7.7 versus 1.1. Net profit margin, 2.6. That is better than the industry at 1.6. We see what turnover, 18.1 versus 6.4. And then inventory turnover, well, that checks in at 11 versus 10.2. Chase, what do you got for the earnings there? Yeah, so current price here for Marathon Petroleum, $25.45. 52-week high, $69.65. And that 52-week low, $15.26. If I go out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $3.23. Gives a target sell price of $52.33. So again, a, a nice target sell price there. And I, I just continue to believe that these refine, refineries, they will come back online and it's going to be a business that, that doesn't go anywhere. We need right. <laughs> we need gasoline. We need diesel. We, we need these refined products. So I, I just I, I think this is a, a great opportunity to buy into a, a industry that I don't think is going anywhere for quite some time. Exactly. Yeah. Does that help you out there, Jim? It does. It does, folks. It does. Uh, you know, you did Phillips again today. You did that a few weeks ago, and I took action on that a couple weeks ago. So uh, it's uh, it's a great show, and I'm glad you found a new home. And uh, sorry you got to talk for the whole 55 minutes rather than having all the commercial breaks. For well, 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 no, actually, we like it because before when we are at the other station, I mean, right. it was just kind of frustrating. Like we get somebody, oh, well, you know, sorry, we got to take for a break now. So we like not having the breaks. Um, ah, the only the only thing I have to do, I'll tell you a secret. Don't tell anybody else. Is I I have to make sure I go to the restroom first before <laughs> I come on to the show because I, I know I can't move for an hour. <laughs> Jim, thanks for calling and, and and tell your friends and neighbors uh, where we're at and you have a great day. Bye bye. All right, uh, that does open the phone line eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again, that's eight three three two eight eight. 0973. Now, you listen to this show and you kind of hear these things like, well, gosh, it kind of makes sense to me. I, I understand what they're talking about, but I, I don't understand fully. I'd like to understand more about this philosophy. Well, you're in luck because this Thursday, April 23rd, we're doing a webinar uh, at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 7 o'clock. So you have four times that you can uh, uh, tune in there. It takes about an hour to do it. And we're going to talk about why our management style is different from other investment advisors and brokers, how to invest what to look for when investing, and where you should invest your money now. Most importantly, how to keep your emotions low when investing. The webinar is free, but what you have to do is you have to sign up. You go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. Sign up there. you got four options. Again, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, or 7 o'clock. And uh, you can tune in there uh, this Thursday, April 23rd. All right. Um, I was thinking, too, uh, we did a post this week, and I, I think we again talk about now is the time to buy. And uh, there's actually an interesting uh, survey that was done um, by Bank of America, and it, it kind of looked at the cash positions as well as the current equity allocations. And there were some big, big positives with those surveys as well, kind of indicating it's a contrarian indicator is actually what it is. Um, so when this kind of signals like this, it shows that people are fair fearful and it could be at what we call peak pessimism where you could have a nice rebound going forward yep, yep. and and looking at the survey just to give you the numbers for it i guess i, I talked about it and give you the numbers is uh if you look at the high we have the highest cash balance actually 
uh, from managers since September 11, 2001, which of course uh, 9-11, the terrorist attacks. Um, and we also have the lowest equity allocation since March 2009. The reason that's important is March 2009, that was a great time to be buying, that's and right. your returns were fantastic moving forward. And what happens is as that equity allocation gets lower, once people start to feel more comfortable, they increase that equity allocation. That's when stocks start to rebound. You pair that with a high cash balance, that's just going to fuel it even more because you want to get out of cash and back into equities. So you want to be looking at where can this money come from, come from right there. And, and you know, it's funny, Chase, you bring up that 2009. When we, when we meet with clients and so forth, uh, or they're, they're kind of, well, should I be investing now? I do give them what we did in 2009. I would love to be able to give that over the air, but we can't. It's an SEC rule. We cannot do it. Uh, but when we meet with people, I tell them what happened in, in 2008, 2009. Uh, in 2009, I will tell you, it's very similar to what I'm seeing now. In March of 2009 was the low. Uh, I, I think it was like, I don't want to say March 19th, very close to what we had this year. And from there, I can't tell you the numbers, but it just was, I think it was, I, I, I think it was my second best year behind 1999, um, and that was a tech boom. And we obviously that that was a, a weird time. Yeah. But I mean, 2009 I believe is my second best year ever in my career of you know managing money or being finance world for 40 years. So, um, so again, look for great things. That's what we're here for. Attend the webinar. Uh, it is free. Smartinvesting2000.com. You got to sign up, and that'll get you there. So, all right. Phone number is 888 Zero nine seven three. That's eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Gosh, I look at the clock; it's going by quick. So let's go out to Terrasana and speak with Doug. Doug, you're on the Smart Invest Show. Chase, how can we help you? Doug, you there? Um, yeah. Wanted to see if you could take a look at Johnson Controls, JCI. Okay, and do you hold that or looking to buy that? No, I was looking looking at buying it. It's one of those really really. Solid company. It's been around for a long time. Uh, looks like it's got strong management. Um, the the PE is a little high, and but I, I was more concerned about what their debt load is and uh, and just what your thoughts were. Okay, and, and you know I like this idea. I'm glad you called in about it because this could be one that is a good solid business that maybe is on sale. So let's take a look at Johnson Controls International, uh, symbol JCI. Um, you're right. P.E. ratio is around 21 versus 20.8 for the industry. And again, these are for numbers ending December 31st. We should begin next week or two. I'm going to guess maybe three weeks. Uh, new numbers. Uh, price to sales was 0.9. That is in the industry at 1.71. Unfortunately, price to change book value, not material, same as the industry. And that is because I believe Johnson Controls has done a lot of acquisitions over the years. And that adds a lot of goodwill to the balance sheet. So that could be the reason. But you've got to understand why there's no... Uh, tangible book value here. Price of cash flow does look good though, 10.4 versus 14. Now I do see a 3.5% dividend. They use 74% of their earnings to pay that out. Uh, year over year, uh, revenue was up 2.2% below the initial 2.7 and earnings per share year over year for the last 12 months of 3.7. Also not quite as good as the industry of 4.9. Look at the balance sheet. We got a current ratio of 1.2 versus 1.8. However, debt to equity is 37 versus 60. Now, very important, you have to go back to the balance sheet because, as I said, they have no tangible book value. You really have to understand what those intangible assets are because if they have to write those down, your debt to equity is going to increase dramatically, perhaps 
putting the company in a difficult situation. So you've got to really understand the balance sheet on this company. Return on equity is 5.8. That is below the industry at 14.5. Net profit margin, 5.6 versus 8.2. And we do see receivable turnover, 4.4 versus 5.7. And inventory turnover, 8.2, well above the industry at 4. Chase, what about the earnings going forward? And so current price here for Johnson Controls, $29.54, 52-week high, $44.82, and that 52-week low, $22.78. Now, I look at September 2021, their report on a fiscal year rather than the calendar year. Earnings per share estimated to be $2.36 on a gap basis. That would give me, give me a target sell price of $38.23. Estimated return is about 29, 30%, so right in that margin of safety area. I like it based off that valuation measure. I like it based off the debt levels, but again, you just have to make sure you understand what is going on with their acquisitions and intangible assets. Because I will point out, very strange here in September 2019 for that fiscal year, pre-exempt earnings or non-GAAP earnings, $1.96, and GAAP earnings, $6.49. So I'm guessing they sold something, made a big profit off it. Uh, very, very strange accounting here. Would again have to just spend a lot of time on the balance sheet to make sure it's a, a comfortable buy. Yes, yes. So, all right, there, Doug. Okay. All right, and and again, and I think it's worth the research. Um, but you got to do that research before you jump in. Okay. All right. Thank you, Doug. All right, that does open the phone line eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again, that's eight three three two eight eight. 0973. Let's go out to Terrasana and speak with John. John, you're the Smart Ratio, Brent and Chase. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, Brent Chase. Good morning. Good hearing your voices again. Um, thought I'd do a little little uh, number just like you guys have been doing with the fan, 97.3. You're putting them on the map now and <laughs> figure, well, hey, let's put Terrasana on the map. You got there we Doug go. Doug first, now John. So. <laughs> Hey, and uh, <clears throat> you sounded good there on the new station. Thanks for coming back there. And, uh, yeah, I was just uh, wondering about a particular company. I've been looking at a few years, but, you know, getting an opportunity now, looking at Discovery. Um, communica- I think it's Discovery Communications that does the Discovery series and, and HGTV and things of that nature. DISCA is their ticker, D-I-S-C-A. I think it might be a potential takeover down the road, too, and, so seeing what you what you think about that. Yep, and, and this is one we've kind of looked at in the past uh, because it does have some interest there. There there seems to be some value to it. We we haven't ever bought it yet, but I know it keeps kind of coming up. Like, yeah, maybe this could be something here. So uh, I'm glad you called in about this, John. The the company again for people is a Discovery Incorporated. Their symbol is D I S C A. Now a good start. I say that because the PE ratio is 7.7. The industry is not material. Price of sales, 1 versus 1.74. That is good. Price of tangible book value, this is not good. Not material for the company and the industry. And that could be why I've never pulled the trigger on it because mm. I can't value those intangible assets, perhaps. Uh, price of cash flow, though, is good. 1.7 versus 19. Uh, no dividend. Uh, they don't pay a dividend. Uh, we do see sales are up 5.6%, just under the industry at 62 Earnings per share climbed by 252 when the industry was down 371. So you got to understand, how did they do that? They, they grow sales at 5%, but earnings 252. Did they, you got to check, did they sell an asset? Did they have a real bad year last year? you got to understand why those mm-hmm. earnings per share did so well. Uh, the balance sheet also does not look that strong. Now, we got a current ratio of 1.6 versus 1.4. The debt to equity, 158 versus 73. And remember, 
they don't have they, they've got a lot of intangible assets so that kind of worries me high debt to equity high intangibles that could be the problem why I stayed away from it we do see return to equity is 17 versus negative 4 that's positive uh, net profit margin checks in at 19.9 versus negative 1.9 and receivable turnover is 4.2 Versus 7.1. And Chase, I'm real excited to hear about the earnings for this company going forward. Yeah, well, I, I did want to point out, I feel like they talked to, I think it was like Scripps Network, or I feel like they did just buy a, another right. network company. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's yeah. part of the reason why their debt is so high, why the earnings are messed up, because they had the integration costs, and maybe they're they're lapping those costs now. So uh, definitely have to understand that acquisition further. I, I did look at also at the names that the company has. I mean, you talk about Food Network, you mentioned HGTV, TLC. Also have a lot of networks that I'm just not familiar with, so um, would kind of be curious to see what they consider getting rid of those networks, maybe raise some cash. I mean, uh, as I said, just would want to understand more about what's going on with the, the different networks that they own. But talking about the fundamental side of it, again, current price is $22.14. 52-week high is $33.66, and 52-week low is $17.12. I look out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $2.61. Give us a target sell price of $42.28. So, I mean, those numbers look fantastic, yes. yep. but it's that balance sheet and, again, better understanding the networks that would definitely take some research before actually yeah. pulling the trigger here. And, and, John, this kind of brings me back to my early years. My early years, I, I would get excited about something like this. Like, oh, this is so good. I get excited. And then I'd buy it. And then years later, like, oh, why did I do that? Because yeah, I knew they had too much debt. I knew the intangibles were there. Because this company is very exciting. I think right now content is so important. But right. I, I, I've just learned as I've gotten older, do not break, break the discipline. Because every time you do, it, it usually comes back and they can bite you in the well, butt. <laughs> well, to that to that point, I mean, I mean, that's that's why I called you. I would. If uh, if I didn't know you guys, I would have already bought this. So <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those weights, you know. That I knew I had a feeling because that merger you're talking about, uh, Chase, that that was probably an anchor on it, you know, but holding yeah. it down from taking off. And so that's that sounds uh, appropriate there. But hey, can I just real briefly uh, this whole situation? Curious. I know you go buy stock, not the market, uh, or buy equity. But I mean, you you have you going from you know almost thirty thousand down to eighteen five and then it it comes up you know we're almost to twenty four now or something like that and it's like that falling knife situation i mean obviously we have all kinds of opportunities here but you know i mean did did you i mean how can you tell in general terms how you handle that because i mean particularly with the chinese situation now you know we we could the fallout from that uh you could have a, a double falling knife possibly who knows i mean so again i know it's by individual stock. I mean, you know what I'm saying? How, how are you? <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, and yeah, the, I, the answer is you, you don't worry about catching the right. falling knife because, you know, that's when you start to miss opportunities and you start to kick yourself. I mean, people in 2009 when things were falling apart, oh, my gosh, you know, are you, I'm not going to buy here. Or even in 2008 when things were falling and you didn't buy and you waited for it to go lower, then you didn't get back in. Mm -hmm. When you're, you're worried about that situation, you're not setting yourself up for the long term. You're worried about the short term. And by looking at the long term, as I said, you might buy something at 10. It goes down to 7, but in three years, it's at 20. Who cares that it went down to 7? You had a great profit on and over that time frame. Yeah, and the saying is that you make most of your money in a bear market. You just don't realize it because you're so afraid and you have those feelings. That's the best time to buy. And as Chase said, you cannot look at, gosh, I bought it at 10. Now it's at 8. I should have waited. No, you're not going to buy the absolute bottom. So... 
you, you, you got to look uh, longer term. Look out the horizon, six, 12 months, and you'll be fine. John, we got to go. Thank you for calling. Please tell everybody else in Terra Santa to listen to us. Thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, please feel free to call myself, Brent Wilsey, or Chase Wilsey at 858 546 4306. That's 858 546-4306 and visit our website smartinvesting2000.com that's smartinvesting2000.com and for more daily educational information on investment tips go to our Facebook group page Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey today's show is sponsored in part by Thompson Reuters have a great day we'll talk more next week right here on the Smart Investing Show KWFN FM and KWFN HD1 San Diego, a radio.com sports station. Hey, this is Will Myers from the San Diego Padres. The Padres play here. Ha, rushed. That's better, Will. On San Diego's number.